Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. Welcome to the show. Hello, Shelly. How are you? Good. Trying to stay warm. I know. New England winters, baby. I know, but I just can't like move away. I just just love it here too much. I know. Family. (laughs) We have the best schools, hospitals. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, This week we're talking with Astrid from the Miami Minimalist, and she's going to be talking to us about decluttering when you have babies and kids. Nice. What's that like? Decluttering. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking, hmm, I have babies or little kids, but I still could use her help. (laughs) I am so embarrassed by the amount of accounts I follow on TikTok that are just people like organizing (laughs) and like restocking their fridge in a very nice and organized manner and like, you know, restock my laundry room with me and nothing is in their original containers that you buy it in. Like everything gets poured in these beautiful glass jars that are sparkling clean and everything's yeah. in its place. And I'm like, I want to live like this so bad. I mean, I can't even peel off half of the jars on the top left <laughs> shelf because of the stick. And I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like a cracked <laughs> grape jelly jam from 2010. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's part <laughs> of our story now. We're just going to leave it. <laughs> I mean, when I die, they're going to miss that stuff I almost swore but yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh well I'm excited to talk to her and see if I can pick up any tips too Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be great well first let's do our favorite of the week great okay mine is it's a show Okay. And this is the reason why I got delayed starting Yellowstone again Uh because I like stumbled onto this show um, actually, I think it was the night that I texted you and I was like, where do I watch Yellowstone? Oh, yes. yes. And while I was waiting for a response from you, I just clicked, it was like new show on Netflix. So I just started watching the first episode and I had planned to like watch Yellowstone when you got back to me. And by the time you got back to me, I was already sucked in. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> so it's called the woman who lives across the street from the girl in the house. That's a long title. <laughs> Holy cow. Can we just reduce it by like 10 words? <laughs> the girl. And it stars Annabelle, I think is her name. Uh-huh. And yes. And it is, so it is a satire, right? Uh-huh. So it's, it's like a mystery crime murder type of show, but it's a, it's a satire. So if yeah. you like comedy and true crime together, like, uh-huh. <laughs> This is the perfect show for you. And I was surprised because when I went and looked online, it got like a lot of bad reviews. Wow. But I think people didn't realize it was supposed to be a satire because if you right. go in not realizing it's a satire, some of, some parts of it seem really like stupid and far-fetched. Right. But they're making fun of like other true crime horror shows is what they're doing. Right. But it was really, really, really good. And I liked it a lot. Right. Well, then hop back on a Yellowstone because you've got a lot of catching up to do. I will. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) 
what is your favorite of the week? Well, it's a candle and maybe our listeners can help us with this. This is a candle that Frank got me at Tractor Supply a few weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. in January, and it might have been like something they brought in for the holiday season, you know, Christmas and stuff, but I don't know. And it came in a green pottery speckled crock with a handle and a cover that comes off. And this candle smells like leather. And I love the smell (sighs) of her. And it is so I'm I'm telling you, this candle is so good. And I've got a wood stove that I heat with a lot during the winter. So it's like my house smells like the wood stove and leather. And it's so yummy. It's so like, it's just really nice smelling, but we can't find it. And there's also no label. Oh, really? Tractor supply, green speckled pottery crock, leather scented candle that was there probably for the holiday season. So any listeners out there want to let us know. Well, I found their sense of leather welted, melted wax. Yeah. It's a soy. Oh, okay. It's a soy candle. So it burns clean. And this wow. I'm not is even seeing it on their website. Huh? I'm not even, I want to find it for you. So I'm like trying to find it on their <laughs> website. We've like Google, like candles sold at tractor supply, like everything mm-hmm. would not find it. So I'm like, someone has to know where this comes from. Right. Because I want like 30 more. That was my favorite part. Well, not my favorite part, but one of my favorite parts about growing up riding horses yeah. is walking into the barn oh. and the leather smell just hits you yes. like a warm hug and with yeah. a little bit of the hay smell mixed in. Like, yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. The smell of the tack room is like, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a riot. I love it. I would just stand in the tack room and be like... Oh, (laughs) that's so funny. Good for you. That I love the smell of leather and I love the smell of hay, but barns to me smell like urine. Well, you were at the wrong barns. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay. Unclean barn. (laughs) Oh, good to know. I have no idea because I have not spent a lot. I love horses, but I'm petrified of them. So yeah. I have not. The stalls are getting ple- cleaned as often as they should be. You shouldn't oh. be smelling it's urine. Smelling. Oh, good to know. You would just smell. Well, there like- you have that. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. People <laughs> who have ever spent time in your barns or your horses <laughs> get mucking. Let's move okay. on to our question of the Wait, week. Yep. So this week's question is, do you have any tips for breastfeeding in public? I feel super awkward and my baby's very wiggly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stare, stare. Anyone that looks at you, just stare them right in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be something that I would do, but I realize a lot of people would not be comfortable doing that. Right. right. I guess like, I think practicing in front of a mirror yes. um, can, can work really well or in front of your partner or go to our breastfeeding support group because- yeah. 
everyone there is going to be whipping out their boo to feed their babies. No one's going to bat an eye when you do it too. And then you get to see like how other parents do it. Cause yes. you see like a wide mix of more modest ways of doing it and not so modest ways of doing it. But then you'll see like how they're holding their babies and how they're covering or not covering or whatever. So those right. would be nice suggestions. Yep. Agreed. And I remember when I had my first that I was like, I'm never breastfeeding in public. So I'd pump and bring bottles of milk when we were out of mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the big E and mm-hmm. I forgot all my milk bottles. <sighs> And she was hungry and I was in this tent with some cows and there was like a little corner that was clear and I was okay. Well, she's hungry. I'm going to have to, and I latched her on and looked around terrified and no one gave a crap. Right. Right. (laughs) No one, no one cares. So right back from there. Right. Right. Yeah, I did. I was young when I had my first and was unsure about it and brought a lot of bottles with us if we went public, but mm-hmm. subsequent babies for the duration of our breastfeeding time, which wasn't as long as some, but still, I mean, you're getting out of the house, you got to do things. And I just didn't care anymore. Right. It's <laughs> like, whatever. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Were you a pull your shirt up from the bottom or pull your shirt down from the top up from the bottom down from the top baby and the only reason I didn't do down from the top was I didn't want to stretch out the neck <laughs> yes I did have that problem where I had yes but I back then I wore mostly v-neck shirts so yeah even when though they got stretched out a little bit but honestly, I was so, I was more terrified of someone seeing my stomach yeah. than I was yeah. of them seeing my breasts that I right. was like, there was no way I was going to lift up the bottom of my shirt. Nope. Right. Not going right. to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever works, that's what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thankfully we, we live in the part of the country where people don't really care. Right. Right. I know. Yep. I agree. So if you are out there and you have a question that you would like us to answer on the podcast, you can submit them to us on Instagram through direct messaging. I'm at Shelly Taft IBCLC on Instagram. And next up, we will be talking with Astrid. All right. This week, we are talking with Astrid Bouvery from the Miami Minimalist. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Great. I'm so excited for this talk. It's like a perfect time because I just started a decluttering challenge of my own Oh, that I saw on TikTok. Yeah. It's for like every day of the month you throw away that number of items. So like May 3rd, you throw away or give away or whatever, three items. The fourth, you do four items all the way to the end of the month. All the way to 30 items. (laughs) Yes. So I'm excited about that because it's definitely something that I need to do. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name's Astrid. I'm 32. I live in Miami. I am a postpartum nurse and um, I have two kids. Uh, One's four and a half. The other one's two and a half. That's pretty much it. My passion is minimalism and helping moms like declutter and simplify their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty much it about me. And who doesn't need to simplify their life, especially new moms? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. If I had known about this when I was like a new mom, well, I did know about it. I just ignored everything, but whatever. (laughs) For those who might not know, what is the minimalist lifestyle? So for me, 
I believe minimalism is different for everybody. So it's not like a one size fits all because everyone has different values. Everyone has different needs. Everyone has different, just everything's different. So what I believe it is, is to keep whatever you love, you use and that you actually need. So everything has a purpose in your home. It's Mm -hmm. not just buying for the sake of buying. It's buying with an intention and a purpose. So why would someone want to follow the minimalist lifestyle? Like what benefits can it bring you? It has um, financial benefits. So when you're not purchasing as many things, you are obviously saving money and not spending as much. It can reduce your stress. So studies have shown that women especially are affected by clutter the most. Their cortisol levels rise with the amount of stuff that they have and the amount of visual clutter that they see. ADHD, if you're ADHD, you actually benefit also from having a clutter free home because you're not constantly like, Oh, like, I need to put this away. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to clean that. You know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. just like, the simpler, the better. And you also clean up less, which I love. (laughs) 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 You're not putting away as many toys, your clothes, like, you know, you have Mm -hmm the stuff that you need and that you use and that's what you take care of. So is it sometimes seen as like a form of deprivation in a way, like you're not allowed to buy new things or you're not allowed to spend money on certain things, or is that not? Cause I think I've heard people talk about that. Like, Oh, if I want to buy something, I just want to buy it. I don't want to have to like tell myself that I don't need it or don't want it. I think that's a misconception because Obviously, if you tell yourself you can't buy something, you're going to feel deprived. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't need it. I don't want it. So I don't feel deprived ever. If I need something, I buy it. If there's a need for it. If there's not a need for it, then why am I buying it? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I personally don't feel deprived, but I have heard minimalism is like boring, you have white walls, no decor, all this stuff. But it's not a one size fits all. If you like decor, if you like color, if you like these certain things, you can totally have that. It doesn't have to be plain and boring, you know? Mm -hmm. So it sounds almost like instead of deprivation, it's just like more intentional consumerism. Yes. And I feel like I have more freedom in my life because I'm not tied down to physical stuff. I have more time to spend with my kids. I have more time to take them to the park, to go outside. I spontaneously take trips because I'm not like, I have to clean the house this weekend. It's like, we have nothing to do. Let's go to Naples to mm-hmm. for the weekend. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a lot more freedom for me. So I prefer to have that freedom in my life than to be tied down to the physical stuff and buy stuff. Right. Yeah. But if you like art decor, cause it brings you joy. There's then nothing. Means- yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like, does it, do you need it? Does it bring you joy? Kind right. Of thing? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause people will buy things just because I don't know, they saw it on Pinterest. I've decluttered so many homes where it's even with decor pieces, they're like, I don't know why I bought it. It's ugly. I just saw it on Pinterest and I liked it and I bought it, but it didn't fit my lifestyle. Or my friend gave me that decor piece, but it doesn't really spark joy within me. So it's about finding things that really does bring you happiness and joy. And 
for some people, it's a lot of art. For some people, it's very minimal art. And for some people, it's no art at all. And it just depends mm-hmm. on who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great because you talk a lot about on your Instagram about making your home like like a safe haven for some place that you want to go to. And I personally love my home and family, of course, but we do have a lot of clutter, which is why I started that clutter challenge. Mm-hmm. And it started to get to the point where I not dre- I wouldn't dread coming home, but I wasn't like looking forward to coming home. And I will be 100 complete percent honest. Most of the clutter in the house is from me. <laughs> Like I can't blame anyone else in my family. I think I probably buy the most out of, and we have like a lot of kids living in this house and I still like, I just like shopping. I never liked it when I was a kid, but kind of got a little out of control for a little bit. This is like my confession of the month. So you can't judge me or maybe you can. That's okay. There's no judgment here at all. I was the same exact way as you. Yeah. I counted like my makeup palettes this morning and I have like about 42 eyeshadow palettes. (laughs) And do you use them all? I force, like I rotate through them. So I make sure everyone gets used, but I'm like this. And I still have the subscription box bringing me one new one every month. That's how I built so many up, Mm -hmm. but I canceled the subscription box and I'm like, no, I need to get rid of these ones that I like. There are some of them that I, when it comes up in a rotation, I'm like, oh. I don't really like this palette. Why am I still using it? (laughs) Yeah. So that reaction is what you need to look out for when you're decluttering. So when I help people declutter, I will hold something up. And if the reaction is like, yeah, like I use it sometimes or it's all right. I'm like, no, you don't like, you don't love this. Mm -hmm. You're just using it because you feel like you have to, or you spent the money on it. When I hold something up that they love, their face lights up and they're like, oh yeah, I love this one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that difference is so key. And that's what you want to keep the things that light you up and the things that actually you want to use. You know what I mean? Right. Right. When you're decluttering your makeup palettes, hold it in your hand, look at it. If you're just like, meh, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And it's hard because you spend money on it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what gets people like, oh, I spent the money, but really, um, yeah, the money's already gone. Yeah, it's gonna take you years to go through forty-two palettes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to expire before I can even get, like you fully use them. To be yeah, honest, like, people forget makeup expires. Like, there's no unless yeah. you're doing makeup sixteen times a day, then sure, but mm-hmm. not. Yeah. The other issue I have when I look at the palettes is like some of them are, like I said, I, there are a couple I even skip when it comes up in the rotation because it's a lot of like red and yellow and orange. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I never wear yellow, but what if I dress up as something for Halloween and I go to do my Halloween makeup and I have no yellow. So I better save it for that. You know, that once a year possibility, which is ridiculous, but that's how my brain works. No. And that's how most people are too. They'll keep an item for what if and for the most part, that what if situation never comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what I need to realize. buy a cheap thing at Walmart of like yellow eyeshadow, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to keep a palette for years just in case. Yeah. It makes sense. But then also yeah. the other part of my brain is like, no, <laughs> I know. I know. It takes time to really get to that point where you're just like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Like you have to get to that point sometimes where it's like, I'm done with this stuff. Like I don't need it. 
some people are just coasting and they're like getting to that point, but until they get to that point, sometimes they won't be as ruthless. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I'm heading towards that point. Yeah. Like I'm almost there where I'm thinking like, yeah, I really need to do something and I'm starting to take steps, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a while for me also because I'm extremely busy. Mm-hmm. So if you're, when you're working with new parents, cause new parents are busy and yeah. it can be, you know, they're already overwhelmed. Most of us as new parents are overwhelmed. So even the thought of decluttering and getting rid of things can be extremely overwhelming when you're trying to take care of baby and toddler or whatnot. So what advice would you have for new parents on like how to overcome that overwhelmed feeling when you think about starting and to just start? So if you don't have any kids and let's say you're pregnant, I recommend decluttering before the baby comes. Um, Because once the baby comes for the first I would say three to four months, you're kind of in survival mode. You're not going to be thinking about anything other than feeding your baby, getting sleep and eating yourself. So that survival mode, I definitely don't want you to focus on decluttering or anything like that. So if you don't get it done beforehand, after that, I would um, recommend scheduling it in your, like, like an appointment. So Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes on Monday, like every day, like 30 minutes, I'm going to declutter this area and always start small because a lot of people come to me and they're like, this room is horrible. Like it's just our junk room. I'm like, okay, we can't start that big because it's going to be overwhelming. You really Mm -hmm. have to start small and build up to that, you know? So I would say schedule it out, start small and when I was doing it, I would have my mother-in-law um, take care of my kids certain days and just go at it um, for a few hours. But if you don't have that time, put on a show for them and do an area of your house. Right. I yeah. would think even like setting a timer for 15 minutes and yeah. just running around and like grabbing things that you see that you know immediately like, oh, I don't need this. I don't need mm-hmm. this. And as I'm talking to you, I'm like looking around at my desk and now I'm noticing like all the things <laughs> desk and I'm like I don't even need so much of this stuff I have like lactation journals to my right that are like five years old that I just like need to let go of yeah yeah and if it's something sentimental for you you definitely don't want to start with that but if it's not Mm -hmm. go at it go feel free but if it's Mm -hmm. something sentimental put it aside so if your lactation journals are sentimental to you don't start with that. Right. Yeah. That's a good tip too. Yeah. So what about if like you as a family or you as a parent decided to declutter, but the rest of your household is not on board with that? Like maybe your partner, your spouse is like, I don't want to throw away any stuff. I like having all this stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of like mediate that? And what tips do you have for parents? I would say start with yourself. So focus on your stuff and your areas of the house that you more or less have control over rather than telling people what to do because you know your let's say your husband has a lot of stuff but you have a lot of stuff but you're telling him to declutter he's going to be like well what about you you need to declutter mm-hmm. your stuff so i definitely believe in being the role model first and then i think eventually they'll see you do it and want to do it themselves That's what happened with me. My boyfriend didn't have a lot of stuff, but once he saw me doing my own areas of the house and seeing how serious I was about it, he was more like, 
evaluating his things and saying, oh, yeah, I really don't need this. And then letting it and it was easier for him to let it go. Whereas before I'd be like, you need a declutter. You have so much crap. He didn't want to let anything go mm-hmm. until I started doing my own stuff. Um, I'm sure it's because part of that is that he saw the benefits, right? He saw yes. that you were less stressed and that you didn't yes. have to spend as much time putting things away and cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was way less stressed. I didn't have to clean up as much. I didn't have as much laundry to do. I didn't have just, it was just less everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that it helps? Like, no, I know we talked about the, the fourth trimester. You should just focus on survival after you have the baby. Yeah. But do you feel like decluttering helps with depression, postpartum depression, anxiety in general? Do you feel like that that's something that you've seen families benefit from? I'm not, I'm maybe not specifically, like I haven't seen it myself because I haven't worked with a lot of new moms with their clutter at home. But I know that like, it doesn't help. Like the clutter mm-hmm. doesn't help. For me, I know when I was trying to spend time with my baby and like bond with them, I would look around and I'd be like, just focusing on everything I had to do rather than my babies at that time, you know, and I wish I could go back and had a simpler lifestyle back then, because it definitely would have made a difference. So instead of feeling like, calm and like happy, I would just feel really overwhelmed with like everything I had to do. And I like on the weekends, I'd spend it cleaning instead of, you know, bonding as a family with my husband, like my boyfriend and the kids and stuff. So yeah, that's my and I would just look around and like cry, <laughs> like, I'm gonna clean up this mess, you know, mm-hmm. it was baby stuff everywhere. And it got worse when I had my second my stuff, because it was compounded from all the stuff my daughter had and all the stuff my stuff my son had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that starts during pregnancy because you know, you you're pregnant, you go to the baby store to mm-hmm. create a registry and they print out a literal like 18 page long list yeah. of everything you quote unquote need. Yeah. And at least with my first, mm-hmm. I remember I think we were at the store for like two hours just because we were very young when we had babies, but also, and we were like very ignorant about babies. So we just, we were like, oh, this is what good parents do. They check off like the products that they want from M and we got so much stuff and most of it, we didn't even end up using. Right. And then by the time I was pregnant with my third, I think we, I was like 38 weeks and I was like, wow, we better, you know, bring down the pack and play and, you know, a few onesies because the baby's Mm going to be here soon. Because by then I've learned like, I don't need nearly as much stuff as I thought I needed when I had my first. Yeah. When I was creating my baby registry, I would ask moms who had multiples, not the first time moms, because I knew they would suggest get everything. You know what I mean? Get Mm -hmm. the diaper pail, get the um, changing station, get, they would suggest to get everything. I would ask the mom who had three and four kids and they'd be like, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need Mm -hmm. that. And that's how I created my list. It was so minimal that some of my friends would complain that they didn't have anything to get me. <laughs> They'd be like, just get me a card in diapers, please. Yeah, you could always use diapers. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. always use diapers. Or your home-cooked meal. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes, that was the best. Yeah. My dad actually gifted me that for the first two months of my first baby's life. Like, 
he would order my lunch and my dinner for me and my boyfriend so that we didn't have to cook. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. And that, and those are the best kind of gifts where it's Mm -hmm. not just like stuff that's going to sit in your home, but it's stuff that's actually going to help you and nourish you. Mm -hmm. And there's even like with my daughter's first birthday party, one of my friends showed up without a gift for my daughter, but a bottle of wine for me. And I was like, that's like the best birthday gift ever because I don't need more toys for my daughter, but I do need like a way to unwind after this party. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And speaking of which, if you are a minimalist family or you're trying to start on that journey, mm-hmm. a lot of times when, I'll, when I'm talking to families and we'll be joking about, you know, especially first grandchildren, right? The, the family members, like grandparents, aunts, uncles, just buy, 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 like Christmas or holiday time is like insane with the gifts. So if you're trying to minimize the stuff that you have in your house and not have like mounds of toys around your house, but your family is not really following your vibe like how can you communicate that without insulting everyone because I guess some people would be insulted if you're like I don't want you to buy any toys or anything for my daughter right so how do you know what tips do you have for negotiating that I am a really direct and honest person I wasn't mean about it but I did tell everyone like look we're trying not to have as much stuff in our home so I would really appreciate it you know not buying as much for the kids and when they would ask me, you know, what do we want for the kids? A membership to the zoo, a membership to the children's museum, college money, things like that, that they're actually going to need. But my mother-in-law's love language is gift giving. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she loves to give gifts, but she started to see that, um, not that I would give everything away, but I, I was very selective with the things that I kept, you know, I was very grateful. I would, and gracious, I would say, thank you so much. We appreciate this gift, but I would, I would see the dresses that she had. I'd be like, she has like 25 dresses. She doesn't need another one. And I would pick and choose which one I would actually keep and then donate the other ones. And she started to realize like, okay, she's very serious about this. Sorry. That's my son. He's okay. He sounds very energetic. <laughs> Um, entertaining himself with the car. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they started to realize like I would donate things eventually the stuff that they spent money on. And they started to realize like, I'm not going to buy this girl and the kids anything else because she's serious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, and this is something that we've started recently as a family too. like for Christmas, we got all our kids like one gift Mm -hmm. because their real gift is like, an expensive vacation. Yeah. So I think I've been reading a lot about like putting your money towards experiences okay. rather than material things and how that um, increases happiness in people's lives and also gives the kid like they're not going to remember their material toys, but no. they will remember that great vacation. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense if you think about it. It really does. When we die, we don't take any of our physical stuff, you know what I mean? But at the end of our life, we're remembering how we felt in our childhood, how we felt growing up. Like we remember if our mom was overwhelmed with like the cleaning, like if she was constantly cleaning and she, we remember if she was constantly yelling at us to clean up. I don't remember any gifts I got growing up, but I remember the trips I took and 
the family I was with and the love I received, you know, things like that. So I think that's what's most important for me and my family, but everyone's so different. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that you can't buy stuff. My kids get toys and it's okay, you know, but it's about not keeping it forever. Mm-hmm. Donating it when you're done with it, when you're done using it. Right. Have you faced a situation? Yeah, your kids are still kind of young, but have you faced a situation where your kids are like, well, I went to so-and-so's birthday party and watched them open 50 gifts. And how come I don't get to do that? Has that a challenge that you've come across yet? I've never heard them say anything like that. And my daughter's pretty vocal. She does enjoy going to a certain like friend's house and stuff and playing with their toys, but she knows it's their toys. She never comes home and says, you know, I want that or buy this for me. It's never like that. This is a little off topic, but you're in, you're in Miami, right? Yes. So in Miami, cause I think this is like regional, but I, so I'm at right outside of Boston mm-hmm. and I've noticed that a lot of kids' birthday parties, they're not opening the gifts when the guests yeah. are there, that they're waiting till after. Is that something that you've noticed in Miami as well? In the birthday parties that I've gone to, it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of both. And when they do open presents, it's not like a lot of presents. It's maybe like four or five gifts, you yeah. know what I mean? And the kids open them right away and everyone starts playing with them. So it's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that it's kind of shifting towards not opening and mm-hmm. because um, I'm going to be honest, it's like super boring to watch a kid plow through 50 gifts. Yeah. And also they always look so overwhelmed because yeah. everyone's just staring at them, watching them and they get a toy that flashes and then everyone's like, oh no, no this one, open this one now. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's overwhelming for them. It's like stressful for other parents whose kids are like, well, why didn't I get presents and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And it puts the emphasis on the material gifts yeah. rather than the time spent with friends and family in the actual celebration. Yeah. My friend actually told me that on Christmas, her son started crying because he was so overwhelmed with like the present that he got and the family. And it was just like that. I, he would open one gift, want to play with it. And everyone was like, no, but here, open this one. Look what I got you. And he was so overwhelmed. He started crying. Oh, yeah. So we have to be really mindful of kids and like, how they're reacting to certain things and Mm. my daughter's the opposite she's like okay next toy and then I'm sitting there like what the heck I just spent all this money on these (laughs) and things and she's just like next you know yeah yeah (laughs) I see that a lot when we go to like museums too kids are like looking they look at an exhibit for three seconds and they're like next one and I'm like slow down (laughs) yes yeah I agree Uh, There's, I know that there's been a lot of research out there too on like decision fatigue that is caused by like too many choices. Like they did this one study where they had jams of uh, 20 different flavors of jams Uh and they put them out as samples so people could Uh try them and like none of the jams sold. And then someone had the idea of putting out three choices and they all sold out. Because, you know, if you have too many choices in the grocery store, that affects us as adults. So imagine being a kid and like coming home with like 50 new toys or something from a holiday or a birthday and trying to decide which one you're going to play with and how are you going to manage to have time to play with everything that you got? I imagine that can be really overwhelming for kids too. Of course, their system is not nearly as regulated as ours. And even if we have trouble with adults, imagine a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I completely agree. 
I noticed on your Instagram that you have a lot of out of the box decluttering suggestions that I never would have thought of. You had one post about decluttering your, your inbox, your email yeah. inbox, where you're like, don't just delete it, unsubscribe. And that, cause it's embarrassing how many like ad emails, spam emails I get because I do sign up for the newsletters for the, yeah. the coupon that they'll send you. And then I never unsubscribe. So every day I'm deleting like hundreds of emails. It's a little out of control. Right. What's a good way to start with that? Because that can be overwhelming too. If you get that many emails a day, mm-hmm. how can you start? Cause usually it's like, okay, I got to check my email and just delete all these. Cause that's super fast. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips on like starting with that where you're not going to overwhelm, spend like two hours just unsubscribing from emails in a day? Like, how would you manage that? There was an app. I don't remember what the app is now, but I believe that it unsubscribed from everything. Oh, really? Yeah. You could pick and choose which one to unsubscribe from. And what I realized from that app is that, so let's say you sign up for something some companies will give your email address to other companies, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize. I think I had like 900 subscriptions and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't remember subscribing to 900 things. And some of those websites and companies were totally unfamiliar to me. So yeah, I would. So now I don't subscribe to anything. 10% off. I don't care. <laughs> don't send me any emails. Right. Probably won't ever buy from you again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but my tip is just to set aside time and just, just do it. Like, it's not going to get done just uh, if, unless you just sit down and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me hours to unsubscribe from all those email addresses and delete. And I'm still not done. I went from, I think I had 22,000 emails. I went down to like 6,000 and I was like, I'm done for the day. I was so burnt out. So I think doing it slowly would be a lot easier. Maybe like have a goal of five a day or something, whatever you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that that's a way that you can work on decluttering um, that is easy to fit into your life as a new mom. Like even if you're in that three month postpartum period, you know, while you're sitting and nursing your baby. Yeah. Instead of watching TV, you can hold your phone in your hand and just unsubscribe from some emails while you're nursing. It's kind of like multitasking in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other tips do you have for parents on how to get started? Like one of the things that I'm coming across is when I pick my items of the day to declutter, do you recommend that you just toss them or try to sell them if you want to, or donate what, what kind of recommendation? Because my problem is I'll be like, Oh, I'll try to sell this. So I'll put it in a corner mm-hmm. and then I'll just never do it. <laughs> it just sits in the corner. Yeah. So when I declutter, I try to have like three or four boxes. So one of them is keep, sell, donate and trash. Okay. So then all your sell items are in one box. If you really want to sell something, all the donation are in another trash is in another, or you could just use your trash bag, whatever. And then keep is in one area. So everything's separated. Um, in terms of selling, I've tried selling. I've been ghosted. I've been ignored after being told that, yes, we're going to meet up and it doesn't work out. And for the $5, it's really not worth it. So I've started to differentiate what's worth selling and what isn't. I think anything above like $50 could be worth your time. 
but give yourself a max of like three or four days to sell it. And if you can't just donate it. I like that. Like putting a timeline on it. Yes. Putting a time limit. If not, you're going to sit there with that item for a month and never get rid of it. And then it'll just start becoming part of your home again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's why some people will post like lots of like a whole lot of things and just be like, I'm not willing to sell these separately. You have to take everything or nothing at all. Yeah. And I imagine that it that's the, their way of trying to make it more worthwhile. If they've got all these like little things for $5, but they don't want to sit there and deal with all the issues that you listed. Yeah. You know, getting rid of everything all at once to one person might be a better, even though you're increasing clutter in their home. <laughs> yeah. And when you're sorting, um, I recommend not posting anything to sell until you're done with everything because you then you get caught up with like oh I need to take a picture and post you know what I mean just make a pile and then at the end take pictures and post everything all at once to sell with donation items I recommend as soon as that box is filled get it out of your home don't let it sit in your trunk because it'll sit there for months Mm -hmm. or It'll sit there for months and then come back into your home because you just need space in your trunk. And then the trash throw out right away and then keep, put it um, where it belongs right away. Mm -hmm. Are there any specific places that you recommend families usually donate their stuff to? Like, is there favorites that you recommend? I've donated to homeless shelters. So if I... I'm driving to that area. I'll don't. I'll send it there. I also like um, what's it called? It's called Pickups for Breast Cancer. So it's pickupsforbreastcancer.org, mm-hmm. and you schedule a time and date. Well, you schedule a date, and they'll come and pick everything up from outside your house. So you just leave everything out, and they'll pick it up that day. Oh wow! So Where did I really love there? that because I don't have to take it anywhere. I just send right. it the night before, and they pick it up in the morning. That's a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. People also use um, Goodwill and they have, what's it called? The Salvation Army. You can do mm-hmm. that. There's also Buy Nothing. Have you ever heard of Buy Nothing? Mm-mm. Buy Nothing is a community on, I believe it's only on Facebook, but it's an area of like an area of a city. So I live in, for example, Kendall. So it'd be like Buy Nothing Kendall group. And there's a community on there. There's people on there that you can give things away to. So you'll post an item and you'll say, I'm giving this away. Pick up, uh, I'll pick a winner on Tuesday. And whoever wants that item will comment underneath that they want to be picked or selected. And um, you just pick whoever and then you leave it outside and they come pick it up. (laughs) I've given away a lot of things on Buy Nothing. And I've also found secondhand things on there that people are giving away, like clothes for my kids, toys, um, things that I don't want to buy. Right. Because why spend money on something that they're going to grow in like three months? Yeah. Yeah. I'll literally say who has 40 boy clothes and a bunch of people will comment that they have it and then I'll go pick it up. Nice. I recently did. (laughs) He looks very um, unimpressed. (laughs) I told you he's clingy. He's super cute. (laughs) This is a loaded question, but how do you think we got to this point to begin with where it's like buy stuff and buy more stuff and buy more stuff and buy more stuff. Um, I think it's a mixture. So definitely social media played a part. We now have an insight as to what everyone else has in their house and we compare and we get Mm -hmm. jealous and we buy things so that we can measure up to other people. 
Then there's also, I believe, what contributed was online shopping, especially Amazon. So you have things instantaneously in your house mm-hmm. um, the next day without even thinking about it. You you don't go to the store and browse aisles. Like you literally look up what you want and there's a buy now button and you click and it's in your house. So it's automatic. People don't stop and think like, do I really need this? You know, so I think that contributed to that issue as well. Um, and then I also feel like the houses are getting bigger. I think they've like doubled or tripled since I think the 1940s. I'm not too sure, but we feel, we feel like we have to fill up every single space with stuff. People don't really like white space and empty mm-hmm. space. So they feel like they have to fill it up with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how many people have garages and don't use a garage for a car? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point, especially about the social media, because that is something that I have noticed if it's, I mean, not that I like buying from the evil empire that much, but sometimes it's just so easy, but I'll like, Oh, I like that book. So I'm just going to go and buy it right now. Versus Mm -hmm. like, if I need something that I can't find on Amazon or I don't want to buy from Amazon, it will sometimes take me like weeks to actually get to the store. Yeah. And to buy it. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I actually don't need this. I've gone for weeks since I made the decision to get it without having it. And it's not worth the ride. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes I'm sure even just cutting back on online shopping can, can help. I will tell you the most ridiculous thing I ever bought from online shopping. (laughs) I don't know why I ever bought this. It was like 3am and I was like overtired and I bought this pair of shorts Mm-hmm. that you put them on, it connects to an app and it takes your measurements oh. and it's supposed to like help you, bu- help you find the jeans that yeah. fit you correctly. Mm-hmm. So I bought it. I don't even know why I bought it. And I put them on. And when you open the app, it has this like little woman's figure mm-hmm. that will change as mm-hmm. it measures you. So I just had a baby, right? So I put the shorts on, hit the measure button and watch the figure go bloop and like expand. And it just made me feel terrible about myself. And I'm like, why did I even buy these? I have no idea. I have no idea what I wanted to. I just thought it was cool, I guess. I don't know. So ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I hope you got rid of those shorts. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I was like, this is not helping me in any way. My self-esteem at all. I would not keep those. Yeah. (laughs) This is another point with clothes. Definitely get rid of anything that doesn't fit your body right now. Like, mm-hmm. don't, I feel like clothes can bring us so much shame if we don't fit into the sizes that we used to be, especially before we had kids. And you're never going to get to that size again. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For the most part, like right. our hips are getting wider, like our breasts grew to like nourish babies and our bellies grew to like right. grow a human. So I definitely don't believe in keeping like your old clothes to motivate you. In fact, I think it just keeps you in shame. So Mm -hmm. just another point I'd like to bring up. Yeah, I love that point. Because even if you do get down to that size, it's still going to look differently. Your body is still different. It's going to look different. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that there's like a lot of fashion people who their audience is primarily parents and they talk a lot about picking your wardrobe so you can mix and match so you don't need to buy as much clothing to have different outfits every day yeah 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 there's also something called a what's it called it's called something wardrobe like 
a minimalist wardrobe. I don't know what it's called, but it's essentially that like you um, have key pieces that you can mix and match with several different things so that you don't have to buy a wide range. Unless clothes are your thing, like, and that's totally okay. You don't have to wear black, a black shirt and jeans every single day. But for people who don't enjoy clothes and clothes shopping, that could be a good um, option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. I love that idea. This has been so helpful. I think you have so many amazing ideas. What kind of services do you offer for families? Right now, I'm just mainly on Instagram, but I do in the future want to start my podcast and I'm writing out a course right now on decluttering and like, um, like how to do it because a lot of people don't know how to do it. A lot of people don't even know what decluttering is. Right. <laughs> my friend thought it meant like, she's like, I don't have clutter. I just have a lot of stuff. I'm like, no, decluttering is getting rid of like <laughs> stuff we don't use. She goes, oh, then yeah, I need to declutter. Like, yes. you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I want to do a course. And then I also want to include a section on baby time. So like what you really need when your baby comes and what you mm. don't need. That because sounds great. That would be super helpful. And where can people find you on Instagram so they can be on the lookout for when you launch your podcast and when you launch this course? I'm at the Miami minimalist, which is a mouthful. Yeah, but it's such a great account. Like I love you have like reels, like come clean this room with me and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love your reels. Oh, and I also started a TikTok with the same name um, at the Miami minimalist. Okay. Well. Yeah. I, uh, it's um, embarrassing how much time I spend on TikTok. And you know what gets me on TikTok is those, you know, top 10 Amazon finds of the week or <laughs> top 10 Amazon products for traveling. And they make them look so cool. And I'm always like, I want to buy that, but I've been good. I haven't bought anything off those videos. That is not on my algorithm anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TikTok, like it's always showing her these I'm videos. Like, not interested, not interested. Because uh, you yeah. get so tempted. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that does sound great, you know? But for the most part, I do not need it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. And we were definitely going to link to your Instagram and those other resources that you mentioned um, for parents to find. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaftIBCLC.com, where you can check out our online parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaftIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.